You're listening to a podcast appearing on the Two Guys Talking Podcast Network. Scams are one of the most dangerous threats today, especially when it comes to our elders. As the number of victims and money taken continues to skyrocket, realize that there is hope. ScammerCast is your frontline battlefield for getting educated on the most recent scams, but also how to defend against them. Join us as we detail the processes, the traps, and the solutions to help us all hammer the scammers. Hammer the scammers. It's time for the ScammerCast. Here are your hosts, Curtis Bailey and Art Mays. Sponsored by Midwest Trust Company. Hi, everybody. This is Art Mange, your co-host for the ScammerCast on the Two Guys Talking Podcast Network. Welcome back, everyone, to the ScammerCast. This is Curtis Bailey, also your co-host. And, you know, our identity theft is such a huge issue these days with our senior population. It seems every day we're hearing about a new data breach or... Uh, people whose identities have been stolen. Absolutely. Last week I was giving a talk at a library here in our area about identity theft, and I, I had a lot of great questions from concerned seniors and from some caregivers in the audience as well about what they can do to prevent identity theft, but then also what to do if it happens to the loved one that, that they're caring for. Because as you said, Curtis, it's just Every day, another report about a data breach or some sort of compromised website or organization. And it almost seems like identity theft is inevitable today, and there's not really any privacy anymore. You know, the, the main question is, then, if your identity was stolen, who would you call? And today we're joined by uh, two gentlemen that are going to help us answer that question. We're joined by Brian McLean, founder and CEO of Safe ID Trust, and we're joined by Brian Richmond, in-house counsel and former prosecuting attorney for the Commonwealth of Kentucky. Brian McLean, welcome. Hey, thanks, gentlemen. appreciate you having us today. And Brian Richmond, welcome as well. Thank you very much for having us. Uh, Brian McLean, would you start by just telling our listeners a little bit about you and your background, and then maybe Brian Richmond can also chime in as well? Yeah, I'd be happy to. Uh, if you would have told me 15 years ago that I would be in the uh, identity theft business, I, I would have laughed at you. Uh, <laughs> my background was actually in the Internet business and Internet marketing. As the Internet became more prominent, I recognized that we were getting files from some of our subcontractors and some of our vendors, and it had people's sensitive information. You know, we would see things like a credit card number or a bank account number, right. a social security number. And as a company, you know, it, back then it was normal. It was the everyday way of doing business. We didn't think much about it. And then as the years went by, you started to recognize man, if anybody ever got their hands on this, it would be it'd be devastating. And we were a small boutique internet marketing company. When I started to consider some of the larger companies out there and how data was being moved around and how it wasn't encrypted and how it wasn't secure, I thought, well, there's, you know, there's a, a more than a possibility, I want to call it a probability, that identity theft is going to be an issue. And that was before any of the data breaches that we were made aware of. Right. And I think that, you know, I just put two and two together, and I said, 
I'm going to find an identity theft company and, and I'm going to be an investor and I'm going to invest in that company because I recognized a problem and there was no solution. You know, fast forward a few years and the company that I had invested in, you know, they were sold to another company and they were promoting identity theft protection. They were pre promoting prevent your identity from being stolen. And I started to look at the claims that were being made in the industry, and I watched the FTC start coming down on, on companies, specifically one company. And the FTC made it very, very clear, you cannot prevent your identity from being stolen. It doesn't matter what measures you take. It doesn't matter what, what we call what procedures you put in place you're not going to prevent your identity from being stolen. It's undetectable, period. When I recognized that, I realized this was going to be bad. This was going to be devastating. And since then, we've had several data breaches with hundreds of millions of records that have been breached, and we have an epidemic on our hands. Uh, I determined that the best course of action was to create, and I shouldn't say create's not the right word, but to implement a recovery process that gives the consumer the ability to make a phone call, file a police report, sign a very limited power of attorney, and let a professional recover their identity back to precept status for no additional fees. And that's what we did. Right. Uh, we're very proud of what we've created. We're, we're proud to have Safe ID Trust, which is recognized throughout the industry as a turnkey solution for our members that are victims of identity theft. And it is, um, it's just the beginning. We've yet to see how bad this epidemic is going to be, guys. Yeah, I think you're right. I think uh, this is the, uh, the tip of the iceberg, isn't it? It absolutely is. And we can't articulate that enough. Every single day in the media, you know, we joke. We say that we have a $50 million advertising campaign that doesn't cost us anything because every single day all we do is point to the media and there's another story about identity theft or an identity, uh, a medical identity theft or a data breach. And the average consumer is just, they don't think it's going to happen to them yet. But those that are prepared are saving themselves thousands of dollars and potentially hundreds of hours trying to recover their identity back to pre-theft status versus our 100% track record where we've never had a member that we were not able to recover their identity for them back to pre-theft status. Sure. And with over 83 million records stole so far stolen this so far this year alone, it really is the crime of the 21st century, and I read recently where it's the number one complaint to the Federal Trade Commission. Yeah, you're exactly right, and then I'll even take it a step further. You know, that's 80 million records that have been reported. Uh, right. It's projected yeah, for that for every reported record, there are 10 that go unreported, which through some of the, the media channels puts the record closer to 800 million records that have been exposed or breached in 2015 alone. Wow. Why do you think why do you think there are so many unreported instances of 
identity theft? Well, there are some laws that are out there that makes the 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 vendor, the company, the merchant makes them accountable and responsible if there is a data breach. Sure. A lot of them don't want to be on the hook for the financial damage that's done. Right. And as that law continues to crack down, there's going to be more and more that are reported that are doing it right. But, you know, as both of you guys know, there's always a few bad apples out there that um, that don't do the right thing. For so sure. Indeed. They, they have a financial interest in not disclosing that their company has been breached. Right, right. A little uh, image management, you might say, or something like that, huh? Yeah, un- unfortunately, you're, you're exactly right. But the reality is, is companies that are forthright and do come forward and do right by their customers, that's who customers want to do business with. Eventually, it's all going to come out, hopefully by companies doing the right thing, making their customers aware of it, they can govern themselves accordingly. That's right. It kind of brings to mind the, the saying that uh, all things being equal, people do business with people they know, they like, and they trust. And with all things not being equal, people do business with, <laughs> with folks they know, like, and trust. Uh, it's, right. It fits right in here in this circumstance. Brian Richmond, uh, I promise we're not ignoring you. One attorney to the <laughs> other, uh, welcome. Uh, and uh, tell our listeners uh, how you got involved uh, with Safe ID Trust. Sure. I have a little bit, a slightly different background um, than Brian does, but I think we came to this all as, as, through the same through the same channels. I'm a former felony prosecutor in the Commonwealth of Kentucky. I did five years in a Commonwealth Attorney's Office in the Greater Cincinnati metropolitan area, and it was there when I first learned. Well, it's not necessarily learned of identity theft, but when I first discovered the enormity of it. Um, from there, I, I left the prosecutor's office after five years to go out on my own. Several different companies had sought me out to consult with them on the identity theft. Ended up meeting Brian McLean, and quite honestly, I was out on my own. And, and you know, I, I've always had sort of a, a, a service mentality, whether it be at 18 years old going into the Army or um, right out of law school going to serve the Commonwealth of Kentucky as a felony prosecutor. In my own private practice, I was a little bit empty, I believe. Talked to Brian about this opportunity, and I thought, you know, what better way to lay your head down at night, to be able to help people, to be able to do something that you're passionate about, and and really just feel good about what you're doing in life. So that's what led to me joining Safe ID Trust as in-house counsel as well as a a shareholder to – Add on to a couple things that, that Brian was talking about, particularly as it relates to data breaches. Now, we read about these data breaches or we hear about them virtually every day. And the most interesting thing about that from my standpoint as an attorney is that this isn't something new. The reason we're hearing about them is because, and Brian kind of touched on this, is because there's data breach notification laws now in place. However, not everyone has a data breach notification law. So the reason that we are hearing about those is that many of these laws have been passed in the last couple of years. That doesn't mean that in 2005 you weren't a, uh, you weren't a victim of a data breach. And one stat that we continue to talk about is that for the average everyday American, one in 21 will become a victim of identity theft. Wow, when you that's compare shocking. that to a 2,500 homeowner claim, and a one in 250 auto claim, that's a pretty outrageous number, one in 21. 
It really is. However, if you've been a victim of a data breach, that number drops to one in three. So again, to emphasize that point, it's not as if there's been this proliferation of data breaches. It's there's been a proliferation of the reporting of data breaches lately. So this is a problem that's going to continue to grow. I think when Brian and I first started discussing this opportunity, that number was up about 1 in 39, if I'm not mistaken, Brian, on, on individuals that would have their their identity stolen. It's dropped to 1 in 21 rapidly. And with this, with, with as many data breaches that are, that are continuing to happen, that number continue to drop. So we're really, we're really getting to the peak of the problem, but it's still going on that uphill climb. And, and there's no foreseeable, there's nothing foreseeable to prevent that from continuing to escalate that we can see in our experience. Sure. Brian Richmond, um, you, you mentioned a point that since I'm a lawyer as well, it, uh, it's one that I keyed into. You talked about the data breach notification laws, and I'm wondering if you could educate our listeners. Is that a matter of state law? So there, there may be some states that have more stringent reporting laws than others, or is it a matter of federal law? That is a matter of state law. That It is most states, um, I believe we're up to in the 40s now. Um, and, and many of those have occurred in the last three years, but there still are some states that have that have zero um, wow. data breach laws. In <laughs> fact, I began talking to legislatures, legislators in, in my home state of Kentucky probably around 2010 about this and really pushing for this, and it wasn't until last year that the law actually went into effect. So we're talking about 2014 before Kentucky was even on Right. on the books. And there's many states, I believe Kansas, as well as uh, Illinois, were fairly late in coming on board as well. Kansas, Illinois, and Missouri are three states that pop in my head that were fairly late on coming on board um, with the data breach notification law as well. Mm. Just takes time to get through the legislative grinder, right? Exactly. And, and quite honestly, you know, this is kind of a consumer <clears throat> protection issue. So, not a whole lot of consumers are, are banging down the General Assembly's and state legislators' doors. Yeah, However, there's true. many businesses, the lobbying interests, that are standing there at the legislators' door when they when they wake up in the morning, essentially saying, "No, we don't want this law. We we don't want anything to do with this law because this puts us this puts us in jeopardy." Once again, money and politics. Yeah. Absolutely. That's a whole yeah. other episode. That is a whole other show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, uh, either one of you, I know we've talked about data breaches, but what what does identity theft mean? When you boil it all down and strip everything away, what is identity theft? Brian, I'll, I'll grab this one. You know, I, I think that that's such a good question because the average person, you know, they log into their bank account online or – you know, they may have a check that, that doesn't get paid and it bounces and they know they had enough money in there or they see online there's two or $300 missing out of their account, they immediately panic and think that's an identity theft. And although it's worthy of, of being concerned, it's really not that true identity theft that the government or the FTC is referring to. Uh, as a member of Safe ID Trust, we assist you with that, but Quite frankly, your bank will assist you with that. If that's not a charge that you approved or you did by law, the banks are required to put the majority of that money back into your account. Most financial institutions are being very, very accommodating, but they're also taking a beating. 
So when they take a financial bath like that, who ends up paying for that in the long run? All of us, the consumers, because the fees get driven higher because of the fraud. So by definition, according to, you know, the government, the FTC, when one's identity is assumed, taken or stolen, whether they have a, a government document, a driver's license, a social security number, um, a passport, where someone has assumed another person's identity, that's where you start talking about true identity theft. Take it a step further today, you've got medical identity theft. You've got, we've got stories of people that say, you know, you know I, I have a dentist or I have a doctor that is billing me for uh, dentures that I never got or for a medical procedure that I never got. And the consumer, it's one of the few crimes where you have to prove your innocence versus the state having to prove you're guilty. And you're left to do it and fend for yourself and do it on your own. So when you look at the true identity theft that's out there and you see that someone is carrying themselves as you, that's where true identity theft creeps in. And it's, it's very difficult. Sometimes we have people that go two, three, five, ten years before they even recognize that they were the victim of identity theft. And someone's been carrying themselves as, them, as that person, and they never even knew it. So the misnomer in society today is there's money missing out of my bank account. My identity has been stolen. That's, a, that's an easy, quick fix. It's the person that has a house in your name or cars financed in your name or is traveling the world in your name. That's true identity theft. Right. And there was a story here not too long ago. I, I believe it was here in the St. Louis area where there was a young man who had done very well in, in high school and graduated with honors and I think was an Eagle Scout. And after he graduated college, he wanted to apply for a car loan to get his first car. And they completely denied him credit because someone had stolen his identity when he was a child and had taken out loans and all sorts of of financial um, instruments and just destroyed his credit. And he had no idea because he never applied for credit before. So, you know, we emphasize the elders here on the ScammerCast podcast, but we also have to look at how it affects children and adults, uh, deceased people are victims of identity theft, and active duty military is also a a really growing population that's being affected by identity theft. Yeah, you are are dead on when you say that, and I I can't stress this enough. We were actually, Brian and I both were speaking um, uh, recently at an event, and someone had stood up and said that, you know, someone in their family, one of the, their nephews or nieces, that were in grade school were financing two Cadillac Escalades down in Florida. Wow. And they found out by accident. And, you know, we hear those stories at the corporate office every day, and we're not surprised. When somebody hears something like that, it sounds so far-fetched. It sounds so um, difficult to believe, but the reality is it's happening every single day. And whether you're a senior citizen, whether you have kids or grandkids, what we're finding now is that adults of this generation recognize they have to have Safe ID Trust, 
for their parents because right. their parents we, – we ask the question, if your identity was stolen tomorrow, who would you call? Most people don't know the answer. Right. We ask the, the adults of this generation, who would you call? They say, well, I don't know, and if I don't know, my kids certainly don't know, right. and my parents don't know. So you're, this is what I call a generational epidemic. People in your family that you care about, if you ask them, if your identity was stolen tomorrow, who would you call? They don't know the answer. Brian Richmond makes a great point. When you look at if, – if we ask all of the listeners today to call and cancel their automobile insurance, they'd think we're crazy. <laughs> yes, they would. For sure. But the odds of them filing an automobile insurance claim this year are 1 in 250. The odds of them having their identity stolen are 1 in 21. 95% of the population doesn't have any type of identity theft recovery plan in place, but 95% of the population have automobile insurance. When the odds are 10 times greater, they're going to have their identity stolen. Hmm, that's incredible. And it's this type of information that is starting to get the attention of consumers where the risk versus the reward comes into play and it's not worth rolling the dice no different than you wouldn't drive your car without car insurance you wouldn't own your home without homeowners insurance even though we're not classified as insurance why would you want to be at risk for spending potentially tens of thousands of dollars or spending potentially hundreds of hours trying to recover your own identity. The police aren't able to help you. Their cyber crimes unit is backed up for years. Right. That's my experience. The, the yeah, attorneys they're gonna charge you an arm and a leg and there's no guarantee they're gonna be able to recover your identity back to pre theft status. It is a very humbling, scary feeling when you're left to fend for yourself to recover your own identity. Um, and the average consumer, there's still that question mark as to whether or not it'll happen to them. We hear from people every single day that never thought it would happen to them. And Brian Richmond's got some great stories about people that were actually incarcerated that uh, to this day, it is mind boggling, but it happens every day. I'll let Brian speak more on that. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to hear it. Yeah, this is good into the world yeah, of criminal I, I, identity theft, right? In the jurisdiction where we're located, we've we've had um, we've had instances of uh, instances of where people have been incarcerated and, and essentially have to prove that it's not them. One case that comes to mind that I that I still think is far worse than that. You know, I, obviously it's bad if if you've had your life liberty taken away and you are placed in custody. That's terrible. One case I recall very well where I was pleading someone guilty and that person was going to receive a, uh, uh, a probated sentence. They were pleading guilty to a lesser-included felony. And as the person's pleading guilty, a, a gentleman comes running from the back row in the courtroom and saying, no, that's not him, that's not him, stop, stop. And the bailiffs did their job and they stopped the guy and myself and the judge and defense attorneys, everyone's kind of looking at each other. Once we sort this thing out, we realize that the person pleading guilty, he was pleading guilty under a false identity. So that oh, wow. charge, that felony charge was going to be on someone's record. 
for the rest the rest of their lives. That guy was going to walk out of jail and forget that he had ever been sure. to Kenton County, Kentucky. Whereas that that felony conviction was going to remain on the gentleman who fortunately jumped up, and it was a uh, it was a family member. They were they were related, and um, fortunately we sorted it out. You know, those are those are instances where it's terrible. Uh, another case that that I was um, closely uh, a part of that was that was awful is you know many people that have a mortgage go and get a second mortgage for whatever reason they're doing rehab they're doing modeling maybe they've got some bills sure. you know whatever it may be mm-hmm. case that was um, there there's a case where a gentleman found out that he was being foreclosed on on the second on a on a second mortgage. Well, by the time the court process got going, it was too late. You know, as you know, and as Brian indicated very well, the burden falls back on you to prove, no, that's that's not me. Well, once the court system had gotten going, it was too late. This person was out of their house. Mm. They had lost the foreclosure. They had been foreclosed on on a second mortgage or force evicted. Um to me, that's, those are the kind of cases that, that, you know, that keep you awake at night where you're thinking and, and, you know, and as Brian said, we deal with these things every day. We hear these stories every day that this is something that's, that's not going away. It's, it's only going to get worse. Right, right. Brian Richmond, uh, I'm just curious, and maybe our listeners are, are as well, the, uh, the story you told about the gentleman pleading guilty under the the false identity was the family member of the of the correct person just in the courtroom by chance no he he had heard he he found out wow um through various channels that and and i wish at that point you know this was probably my second or third year as a prosecutor wow if i had known then (laughs) what i know now yeah i would have took the gentleman off to the side and, and wrote a report on this thing um, unfortunately, back then, we were just happy to get it cleared up. Um, the only thing that I know is that he had been made aware that this gentleman was pleading guilty under his under his under the assumed name. Um, but I, I didn't get much. And again, I wish I could go back and sit down with that gentleman and really find out sure. all the particulars of how he found out. And, mm-hmm. and also, what I'd really like to know is, is the extension of that case. What else had that gentleman done in his name that he didn't know about? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. A lot there unknown. What a story. That is a, quite a story. Did it work out okay for the, the person who was falsely uh, accused or, or was the victim of identity theft? It, it, worked, it, worked out, it worked out great for the Commonwealth of Kentucky because <laughs> we were able to fix the issue yeah. and we were able to charge the gentleman on the spot with a new felony. <laughs> wow. So yeah. not only was he now in trouble for the felony that he was pleading on with the assumed name, but obviously, you got the new felony charge of uh, of the uh, identity theft. Oh well, yeah, very very good, incredible. Just wanted to it was rem- a bad day for that guy, a very bad. Yeah, day. yeah, so. yeah. And, and just to think, he was probably five or ten minutes away from uh, walking out of the courthouse. Wow, a free man. At most, at yeah. most five to ten minutes. Yeah. Wow. Just wanted to remind our listeners, we are visiting with Brian McLean, founder and CEO of Safe ID Trust, as well as Brian Richmond, the general counsel for Safe ID Trust. And we're proud to be partners with Safe ID Trust. And We are. Yeah. And Brian McLean, I uh, wonder if you could tell our listeners a bit, you've alluded to it, but just what are the challenges that people can face when they're trying to recover their identity? Yeah, you know, it's, it's consumers. And, and I hate to say this, but I think a lot of your listeners would agree. 
you know, the seniors really get the short end of the stick. The companies and banks, they almost make it so difficult to communicate in an environment today. A lot of your listeners can probably relate when they called somebody, they got a live person on the other end of the phone. They could have a conversation. They could work through any challenges or issues in a real customer service environment. Those days are long gone. Sadly, if they you are. you believe you're the victim of identity theft and you call into your bank, chances are good you're going to get an automated system. So, you know, after you're frustrated by pressing one and then pressing three and then pressing four, <laughs> and then getting on the wrong person on the phone that transfers you to a different department, what you find out is that you're responsible to send in documentation or send in a letter. You send in a letter, you don't hear anything back, and then you call back again. You go through the same process again. They say we never got it. Can you fax it? Well, not everybody's got a fax machine in their house, so now they've got to go to a local store where they can use their fax machine to fax it in. Then they don't hear back. They have to call back in again and say, I haven't heard from anybody. This entire time this is going on, the identity theft could be hurting you financially, could be hurting your credit could be creating legal exposure for you. It's not set up in the consumer's favor. So is it that turns true? into a huge phone call chain, a letter writing campaign that seems to never end. Right. The, the consumer really isn't on a level playing field because they're the ones that are having to prove they're innocent. What we do is we simply get a, a limited power of attorney, we get a police report, and then we do all of the work for them. There's no letter writing campaigns, there's no additional documentation, there's no additional fees, there's no additional expenses. All of the work is being done for you. But for the average consumer that's left to do it on themselves, let's not take into consideration how much time it takes. It, it's been documented it could take hundreds of hours of one time, and there's no guarantee that that time will recover their identity back to pre-theft status. Let's not even look at the expense that it takes, how much money it could actually cost and having to pay to keep your credit clean and updated while you're trying to figure this out and clean this up. The reality is the amount of undue stress it creates in a consumer's life is unfathomable. And nobody, whether it's whether they're 25 years old or 75 years old, nobody should be faced with that type of stress when they've done nothing wrong. They are the victim of a crime, and it is one of the few crimes in this country. It's the most reported crime in this country, but it's one of the very few crimes where you're left to fend for yourself. It is, it is an epidemic. It is only getting worse. And we are very proud of the solution that we've been able to create and the methodology that gets it resolved so quickly. And my hat's off to you guys. You guys are the ones that in speaking with us said, you know, we don't want to just talk about the problem. We want to share the solution, but we want to reward and provide a solution to our listeners. We want them to have something that the average consumer doesn't have, which is a discount. We want to provide something to them that they couldn't get on their own. And my hat's off to you guys for really providing a service out there, for genuinely caring, trying to be a part of the solution 
by identifying the problem. And uh, really, truly appreciate you having me on today. Well, thank you, Brian. And, and that goes to both of you, uh, both Brian's here. And we're delighted to be a partner with you because uh, we did our research into your company and into you guys. And, and we feel that you really do represent uh, an extremely valuable solution. And we also want to thank you for the generosity that you've shown to our listeners in extending a special price for listeners of the ScammerCast. So we're very, very grateful. Yes, indeed. And uh, at, at this point, we're going to take a short break, but uh, we will be right back to really dig into the solution that uh, Safe ID Trust offers and want to remind our listeners that they can find links to Safe ID Trust, more information about Safe ID Trust uh, on our website at scammercast.com. And we'll be right back. It's time to take a break during this episode of the ScammerCast. Have you liked our effort on Facebook? Visit the link via our website at scammercast.com and be sure to share any of our informative articles with your friends and family. It's all about education and protecting our seniors. We'll be right back. What have you gotten for your pet lately? A new grand blend of dog food? Perhaps new scratch posts for the kitty or faux rocks for the fishies aquarium? Wouldn't it be cool if you could go to a convention locally and find the best in what's new for pets? Well first, you need a listing of those conventions and you can find the best listing and amazing listing at AmazingPetExpos.com Your home for the best listing online of quality, experienced pet expositions. Whether your pet needs are grand, small, or anywhere in between, you'll find what you need and want at AmazingPetExpos.com that's AmazingPetExpos.com. A recent study found that most older adults fear running out of money during their retirement years, even more than their fear of death. A trust can be an effective way to manage and protect your assets while you're alive. Now, many folks believe that trusts are only for rich people. They are not. Midwest Trust Company of Missouri, located in Clayton, Missouri, offers professional trust management for clients all across the country. Using Midwest Trust is a great way to know that someone with experience and integrity will manage your wealth objectively. Naming Midwest Trust can provide you with peace of mind in knowing that you or your parents will not be exploited financially and lose all of the assets acquired during a lifetime of hard work. Midwest Trust will even work with you or your parents' own financial advisor. Don't let fear of running out of money drive your life. Contact Midwest Trust Company today by visiting the link to their website at scammercast.com. The discipline to grow. The strength of experience. The ability to adapt. Values that endure. Midwest Trust. Doctor Who fan? Fantastic. Ready to hear the most recent sonic, screwdriver-laden details when it comes to last week's episode? Be sure to check out twoguystalkingdoctorwho.com. Find out what two guys and millions of fans are thinking about the good doctor and his companion. Engage the TARDIS! Twoguystalkingdoctorwho.com
This is Paul's tree service. A person is calling through Relay, Missouri. This is operator. Uh, thanks, but we're not interested. Who is that? Uh, just one of those annoying telemarketers. Wrong. You just hung up on a customer. One who wanted to spend money with your business. A customer who happens to be deaf, hard of hearing, or who has a speech disability. Calling you through Relay, Missouri. Relay Missouri is a free service that allows people who are deaf, hard of hearing, or who have a speech disability to communicate over the telephone with you and your business. Don't hang up. This could be new business. For more information on Relay Missouri, take a minute to log on to RelayMissouri.com and open the door to a whole new group of customers. Become part of a growing community that is silent but can speak volumes for your business. Relay Missouri brings the hearing and deaf, hard of hearing, and people with speech disabilities together at no charge with no sign-up and no monthly fee. Log on to RelayMissouri.com and find out how you can start communicating with these new customers today. Join in a unique, interactive experience as we put you inside the mind and heart of the law enforcement professional and delve into the culture of policing. Hi, I'm Mike Wilkerson from the Two Guys Talking Podcast Network, where I've reviewed hundreds of police procedural television programs and movies. But the question remains, does Hollywood get it right? What does it really feel like when you search for a suspect inside an abandoned building? The fear, the adrenaline, the unknown. Law Enforcement Training for the Arts, or LIDA, is an experience like no other. Fingerprints, ballistics, DNA. Our team of professionals have numerous years in law enforcement to include those with experience in the United States Secret Service, the U.S. Attorney's Office, the FBI, the United States military, along with other local, state, and federal entities. Our unique facilities offer the same interactive courses that the police themselves use to train. This will be an experience of a lifetime that you'll never forget. Check out the details now at litaconference.com. That's L-E-T-A conference.com. And sign up for the upcoming convention. Seats are limited, but we're eager to see you behind the thin blue line. LitaConference.com L-E-T-A-Conference.com Go behind the badge. Welcome back to ScammerCast, your headquarters for the education and prevention of scams against our elders. Let's dig back in with your hosts, Curtis Bailey and Art Maines. Welcome back. We are here today talking to Brian McLean and Brian Richmond from Safe ID Trust, talking about how they focus on identity theft recovery as a way of addressing the identity theft epidemic that is happening in America and really around the world today. So, Brian McLean, uh, tell us more about Safe ID Trust and the solution that you offer. Well, we focus on the recovery component. While there's other companies out there that talk about protection and prevention, the FTC's made it very clear you can't prevent your identity from being stolen. And when it comes to the recovery, uh, these same companies, they offer what's called assistance. Let me, let me give an example of, of how that translates to the consumer. Um, we used the analogy earlier of car insurance. Let's just say that you're in a fender bender. And if you have car insurance, you call your insurance company, you file a claim, you take your car, you drop it off, 
you pick it up, your car's fixed. Imagine if you had an insurance company, you filed a claim, and in three days, a big box was delivered to your door. And in that box was a bumper, uh, a wiring harness, paint, sandpaper. Um, imagine that there were taillights and instructions for you to put your car back together to where it was before you were in the accident. There's a recipe for disaster. Now, yeah, that ain't going to work for yeah, me. If, if, if you've been paying all along for a service that you thought was going to repair your vehicle for you, and you found out after you've been paying that money when you needed them that you were left to do it by yourself, you'd be irate. And that's what's just now starting to happen. These other companies have had it made because they've been able to collect these monthly fees and these annual fees, and they've never had to worry about it. And Brian Richmond, he made it clear. The odds used to be 1 in 100, and then 1 in 75, and then 1 in 60, 1 in 50, 1 in 42. Now they're down to 1 in 21 and dropping, which means all of these companies whose business model was we hope our members never get their identity stolen. Now they're in a panic, and they're forced to, quote-unquote, assist their members where we actually do the work for the members on their behalf. Um, we believe that's what the consumer deserves. That's what they expect. And Brian and I are proud to, to have a company that still evolved on the ethics and morals and values that were instilled in us as we were growing up. And we run the company and we treat our members like we would want our family to be treated. It's a very simple formula that's blessed us to reach a level of success that we continue to grow. And we're thankful and we're appreciative that it's just doing things the right way. And unfortunately, most consumers aren't even aware of what's involved, and it's devastating for them and their families. Right. Are there factors that make identity theft different or worse for seniors in particular? Well, I, you know, I think there's multiple answers to that question. I think on the surface, based on our experience, yes. I mean, they're, they're a prime target um, for identity theft thieves. Uh, generally and traditionally, the the senior is not going to think of it. They're not going to look. They're not going to check. They're not going to take steps uh, to see if they're the victim of identity theft. And when they are, they're left to fend for themselves. Most of them throw in the towel. Mm -hmm. Even though they are the victim of a crime, there is a fear that they've done something wrong and they don't want to bring it to anybody in their families attention. Um, they don't want to burden them. They want to try to do it all on their own. And it takes a domino effect. It goes from bad to worse. And it, it's just something that when we see it, as heartbreaking as it is, we can only do so much to educate that senior market mm -hmm. that to become a victim after the fact makes it much more difficult. Mm, sure. You want to have that preventative measure in place we hope you never have to use our service. But right. statistically, one in 21 of your listeners are going to. And if you were to take your listeners and line up 100 of them, 
and we asked them, if your identity was stolen tomorrow, who would you call? 95 of your 100 listeners would not know the answer to that. Yeah. And when you're talking about an epidemic, it's staggering. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're here to change that for the senior market and the children. We're very passionate about those two markets specifically because yeah. we feel that they are targeted. And we feel that they are at an unfair advantage, and we want to provide a solution for that. Right. Now, when when you talk about uh, that Safe ID Trust does all of the work, uh, you know, it almost sounds too good. What what does that mean? How how does the process work? If I am a victim of identity theft and I'm a member of Safe ID Trust, and I know to call you, what happens? Uh, you're going to get one of our certified identity theft recovery agents on the phone. You're going to explain to them your situation. They're going to walk you through the steps necessary for you to go to your local police department and get a police report. They're going to give you a very limited power of attorney, which allows us to act on your behalf specific to this identity theft. So we're representing you recovering your identity. So from our members' perspective, all they have to do is file a police report, sign a limited power of attorney, and explain what happened, and then we do the rest. It's that simple. I use this analogy. When somebody asks you what time it is, you want to look down at your watch, and you want to look at the the face of the watch, and you want to tell them what time it is. You don't want to explain how all of the sprockets move and how all of the mechanisms inside that watch move. You want to make it as simple as possible, and that's what we've done for our members. Identity theft recovery has a huge hassle factor. That's something that uh, was brought home to me as I was researching my book on scam and fraud victimization of seniors. And and uh, it really is, there's that presumption of guilt that you talked about and just the overall hassle factor of all the different things you need to do. So you've really provided a, a simplified solution to the near certainty, I think, of someone becoming an identity theft victim. You're absolutely right. And, you know, when you can solve a problem before other people recognize there's a problem, it's a little bit of an uphill struggle. And I think that, you know, there's a, a – I'll share this story with you that really sums up where the industry is today. Um, imagine um, – a grandparent takes their grandchild in, and this was a story that some people say it's it's an urban legend. Other people say it really happened. The fact of the matter is, is the story is very poignant. A, a grandparent takes their grandchild into a, a pet store to buy them a puppy. And while they're in the back of the store and they're looking at the puppies, there's 15 or 20 puppies in their cages, and they're all excited to see the little boy, and they're all barking and, and, and jumping around, but there's one puppy in the corner that is yelping and crying. And the, the, the boy says to his grandfather, he says, Grandpa, he says, why is that puppy crying? And the grandfather says, you know, it's a good question. I really have no idea. And they continue to look at the other puppies and try to pick out one of the puppies that's bouncing around. And the little boy continues to go back and scratch his head, and he just can't understand why this other puppy's crying. And one of the sales associates walks by, and the grandpa speaks up and says, Sir, all of these other puppies, they're, they're happy, they're excited, but there's this puppy 
here in the corner, and all he's doing is crying and yelping, what's going on? And the sales associate says, well, that puppy happens to be in a cage where there's a little piece of metal that sticks out as sharp, and he's laying on that sharp metal, and he's in pain. And the grandfather says, well, why doesn't the puppy move? And the sales associate says, the pain's not bad enough yet. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that analogy is where the state of this industry is. The people that have had their identity stolen share it with everybody. They tell everybody what a horrible experience it is, how much money it took, how many hours it took. And those are the people that are the advocates for the industry that are sharing with everybody else the importance of recovery. Because the majority of the people in the United States, <clears throat> excuse me, have not yet felt the pain, they don't think they need it. But once they feel the pain, it's too late, and they're left to fend for themselves. Right, right. Well, Brian Richmond, how many members to date of Safe ID Trust uh, have you helped restore their identity? Um, currently, with our partner, we've helped restore 10,000, and I believe Brian McLean, I believe the number is 150,000 others that we've helped with the situation involving identity theft. That's correct. And, and gentlemen, if you don't mind, there was one other thing that, that Brian touched on earlier, and, and the question was, as it relates to your listeners, and something that I believe is very, very important is Brian touched on medical identity theft. Yes. Um, a recent study just came out by the, uh, the Pone Mons Institute on, uh, on their annual study of medical identity theft. And a frightening statistic, statistic, particularly as it relates to your listeners, is that 20% of victims that have experienced misdiagnosis, mistreatment, or delay in care. So if your medical identity has been stolen, 20% of those that have had their medical identity stolen have experienced either a misdiagnosis, a mistreatment, or a delay in care. That's very frightening, particularly when you're dealing with the senior citizen population. Very true. That is such a sobering statistic to think that identity theft can actually impact medical care. And give us the name of the organization that published the study, or or what was the source of that study, so we can perhaps put that on our show notes page. P-O-N-E-M-O-N. It's the Institute's fifth annual study on medical identity theft, and it's sponsored actually by the Medical Identity Fraud Alliance. All right. So we will we will post a link to that study on the show notes at scammercast.com. Well, gentlemen, I know your time is, is limited, and uh, we want to honor that. We're so grateful for the time that you've taken to visit with us and share your message with our listeners. Are, are there any last comments you'd like to leave our listeners with? Well, I just I just want to thank you both so much. I think you do such a valuable service to your listeners and to the community and, you know, for your taking your time to do that. As I mentioned earlier, you actually went up a step and above, you know, throughout most of the interviews that we do, and you said we'd like to be able to pass something along to our, our listeners. And for those of you that are listening, you know, it's not just you, but it's those that you care about. You gentlemen were gracious enough to want to extend an offer to not just the listeners, but to their families as well, and we're going to extend that for a period of time. So, you know, we're proud and honored to be a, a working partner with you gentlemen. We think you do a great service. We're happy to provide our service to your listeners at a significant discount, and uh, we want them to know that not only can they take advantage of that, 
but we're going to let their their friends, family, and loved ones take advantage of that as well. So uh, honored that you had us both on the show. We appreciate it, and hopefully you have us back again soon. Thank you so much, uh, and I know that we will. And for our listeners, uh, we will post this link on scammercast.com, but if you go to safeidtrust.org, O-R-G, and enter the code senior action you can learn all about safe id trust and the discount that we are offering our listeners uh brian mclean brian richmond thank you gentlemen so much for visiting with us today we really appreciate your time and and i think your information and your product will benefit our listeners tremendously and we definitely look forward to having you guys back again in the future look forward to it gentlemen thank you very much until Thank next time. Until next time, this is Curtis Bailey, your co-host at scammercast.com. And this is Art Mains, your co-host at scammercast.com. Remember to take a look at our show notes page for any of the links that we mentioned in today's episode. And also remember to tell a friend about the podcast. And if you have suggestions for future episodes or stories that you'd like to share or any comment at all, please reach out to us via scammercast.com. Thanks for listening to this episode of Senior Scam Action Associates. Your headquarters for education and protection of our elderly from scams worldwide. Be sure to visit us at scammercast.com where you can send us your stories and tips, as well as send us your feedback, visit our Facebook presence, and more. Thank you for listening to this episode, and until next time, hammer the scammers. The information we share in this podcast is meant for informational and educational purposes only and should never substitute for appropriate legal, financial, or medical advice from qualified professionals. Always consult with an attorney, physician, or financial professional for the correct advice for your particular situation.